Good morning. Well, our story for today is not going to be about King David, but it relates to King David. Um, well, thank you, Ashley. Uh, very wonderful rendition of worship there. Brian and Sarah, our hearts and prayers goes out to you and your family as well. And um, I'm also very grateful that the Lord has prepared me for this time and this moment, uh, something he has been doing all through my life. Well, our scripture reading for today is taken from um, the, uh, the Exodus chapter 14, the NIV version. Today we'll be reading from verses 1 through 4, then we'll skip over to 10 to, through 14, and finally 19, 19 through 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Phihahirah, between Megdal and the sea. They are to camp, encamp there by the sea, directly opposite Baal Zaphon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. And as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out in the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses said and answered to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you will see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went back behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so that neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hands over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry land, all with walls on the right and on the left. Well, today's message is inspired by Robert Morgan's book, The Red Sea Rules, to which I deeply acknowledge and give credit to you for some of the references used. And in the book, he provided this illustration where the Middle Eastern sun was down and uh, the cold nights were closing in around Jerusalem. The streets of the old stone city were emptying as the residents were making their way back home after their daily routines. 
And all over town, oil lamps were burning the last of their flickering flames. But in a tiny room near the temple, a man named Asaph was awake, sitting with a blanket folded on the edge of a small bed. His world was in ruins, and exhausted as he was, he couldn't sleep. Then finally, he lit his lamp and started reading the Bible. And as he was reading, his mind recalled the miracle at the Red Sea, when the waters parted and allowing the children of Israel to escape the pursuing armies of Pharaoh. Asaph, in that time, and in that moment of reflection, recorded his thoughts in Psalm 77. Where after describing the anguish he was experiencing, turned his thoughts to the power of God in the God and the God of old days. And in as it, writ, it is written in Psalm 77, verses 19 through 20. So you've made a way through the sea and passed through the deep waters, but your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by using Moses and Aaron. And in that story, in that God, Asaph found new and overwhelming strength. Strength that can only come from the one and only God. The God who, by the mere whisper of his voice, created the world and everything into existence. The God who parted the sea, which he did in order to display his majestic power and his authority over all things. Now I know, I know you are not there, and I know that you are not the ones being chased by Pharaoh's army, and as the, as the Israelites were running away from slavery at the hands of Pharaoh and heading towards their new freedom. I know you are not there caught up between a sea that is too deep and too wide to cross on one side and Pharaoh's army coming after you with chariots and horses on the other. But let, just let your imagination roam for a moment. Just let your imagination take you back in time for a moment and put yourself with the Israelites as you came to the banks of the Red Sea. You cannot swim. And even if you can, it was too wide and too deep. And now the freedom that you were hoping for is no longer possible. And all you see ahead of you is defeat and death and wondering What's next? You're being chased by Pharaoh's army from the behind, and ahead of you is a sea that is too deep and too wide for you to cross. What do you do? Once again, the questions, affairs, the doubts that you had earlier as you grabbed your belonging and saying your final goodbyes to your closest neighbors and friends are only becoming worse and worse with every breath that you take. 
Then the winds blew, the sea split, the waters congealed into towering walls, and you passed through and got to the other side dry as a bone. What does it feel like to witness and experience God's might and power being revealed before your very own eyes? Many of you might have seen the Hollywood version of Parting the Red Sea. I know I have. Maybe you have watched the movie The Ten Commandments a dozen times or more as you were growing up. I know I did a few times. But Hollywood did not do any justice when it comes to the real experience of what happened that moment when God parted the Red Sea. There is no way an experience like that can be replicated on any big screens, not even on the most advanced IMAX, 3D, or state-of-the-art digital theaters that exist today. Not even Steven Spielberg or James Cameron at their best can recreate a moment and an experience like that. See, the parting of the Red Sea did not happen as an entertaining spectacle for the Israelites. But it was to prove to them that, and to us, in earth-shaking fashion that, even when we are most anxious and distressed, God will make a way when there seemed to be no way. And you need to let that sink in your minds for a little. Let that sink in. And one of the rules we all need to know that when we find ourselves trapped and sandwiched between the devil and the Red Sea, Make sure that you're standing on solid grounds and embrace the fact that God will be with you to the end and he will help you to cope with the messes and the stresses that goes on with us and in our lives. The other rule is, and just as Asaph did, look back at scripture for biblical reminders for how we too can manage difficulties by strengthening our faith in the light of God's all-powerful presence, His foresight, His power, and knowing that everything is within His authority. See, there's nothing in life that is too small or too big for God to handle. Nothing. Some of us might be standing on the banks of the unparted Red Sea today, haunted by our past and terrified by the current circumstances and situations in our lives. And we're wondering if we will ever get to the other side. Some of us might be experiencing storms in our lives that sometimes appears to be bigger than a Category 5 hurricane or an F4 tornado. Some of us might be stuck in the middle of the wilderness, wondering if we would ever be rescued. Will help ever get to us before it is too late? 
For some of us, our enemies are closing in from all sides, and there is no place to run. The smell of defeat is so obnoxious that we can barely breathe anymore. But know this. Even when the past may seem unbelievable and the road ahead may appear to be hopeless and unbearable, know that the God who created the universe and everything into existence works in ways we often cannot see with our own wide eyes open. The Apostle Paul tells us in Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with each trial, God will provide you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. Yes, you see, there is no sea that is deeper or wider than the ocean of God's love. There is no mountain that is higher than his hands can reach. There is no army that is bigger and more powerful than his host of heavenly angels. There is nothing that is more superior than his mercy and his grace. And there is no enemy that is more powerful and powerful enough to derail his purpose and plans for our lives. In other words, God will always lead the way. He will always make a way for his worn out and drained and faithful and trusting children, even if it means parting the Red Sea. He will. My wife Shireen and I have gone through some pretty messy storms in our lives. We have experienced highs and lows of life, our marriage, our religion, jobs, finances, family issues, and the list of wilderness experience for us goes on and on and on and on. Can any one of you relate to that? We, are, we were at one point in time on the brink of divorce, but God said, no, not going to happen. My work in your life has just started. However, none of our lows can ever be compared to the storms and the long dry spells of wilderness experiences that our younger daughter endured in her life that ultimately tested our faith. See, it seemed like her entire teenage life was entrapped by these devastating storms that caused terrible and unbearable pains and sufferings and difficulties. You wonder how in the world did she manage to make it out and make it over to the other side? 
Yes. She was bullied, mocked, picked on, physically and sexually assaulted, endured a nightmare of an experience in high school and in middle school. The signs were there all along, but we couldn't see them, and we wondered why. Unlike some of us, she too have made some mistakes, some, some very, made some very poor choices that she regrets. But Shireen and I would never forget that evening on August 27, 2011, and the impact of Hurricane Irene, which turned out to be one of the worst tropical storms to have hit the DMV area in a couple of decades. See, our daughter was home, but we had not seen her all day. We might have thought that she was sleeping in or sleeping through the hurricane. And towards the evening, as Shireen and I were sitting in the family room, we both had this instant in us that it was very strange we have not seen her all day. So we asked our son, Sean, to go and check on her. And as soon as Sean got to her room, he began screaming, and immediately we knew that something was wrong. His sister was laying on the bed, unconscious and frothing from her mouth. The rage from the storm, not the hurricane, Irene, but the storms of life were too much for her to handle at her young age. She attempted to take her own life. But God was not going to let it happen. He was not going to let it happen. We called 911 uh, but could not get the paramedics to come over because the roads were all blocked. I picked her up like when she was a little baby, got her into the car, and we drove through the remnants of one of the worst hurricanes we have ever experienced. There were fallen trees and live electric wires everywhere we turned, some of which came within inches from us. But somehow, somehow God made a way for us to get to that emergency room and just in time for her life to be spared and to give her another chance. God was not going to let victory be on the side of the evil one, not under his watch. That was the parting of the Red Sea moment for us. That was God making a way under fallen trees and live electric wires for us. She made it through high school and started college, but dropped out in her sophomore year. Found a job at a restaurant where she met her husband, Jason, but was pregnant twice before and out of wedlock before she and Jason were married. Today, these two precious and adorable grandkids of ours, Alania and Jackson, are eight and six. And we count them as God's special blessings to us and a gift as a reward 
for our trials. Those are the pictures. A gift and a reward for our trials. You see, when you look back and look at this through the eyes of God, and you connect the dots, you can see the path of these two precious kids leading back all the way to the storms and the trials of the past. It led back to all the way to the storms and the trials of the past. And only God saw that before we did. You would think that life would have gotten better for her by then, but just, just as her circumstances in life were about to change for the better, God stepped in again and said, he said, hold on. You have passed all the quizzes and the midterm exams. Now it's time for the finals. And on the night of the next big test, while she was at work, there was an incident in the restaurant she was working at. Two security guards got shot. She managed to get to one of the guards before, just in time as he was falling, pulled off her sweater, and with her naked hands knew exactly what to do to slow the bleeding until the paramedics got there. Both guards survived, but God had her there at that special place and at that precise time, not from the perspective of being in danger, but from the perspective of being there at the right time and at the right place to save someone else's life. That trauma still lives in her today, but she is more convinced than ever that God has bigger and better plans for her and a plan that only he knows the details. And that applies to each and every one of us today, regardless of what we may think. See, Shireen and I never stop praying for her as we do for all of our children, our grandchildren, and others. But know that we can clearly see how God's plan for her life was slowly revealing right before our eyes. You see, the human nature in us wants us to always have control, wants us to have things our way and according to our timeline and our timetable. But that is not how God works. He who sees the future knows the future. And it's all about his time and his place, not ours. See, you may not always see God's plan for us in plain sight, but you can rest assured that he will never turn his back on you and he will never leave you. He will always make the way when there seemed to be no way. The truth of the matter is, we all sometimes find ourselves in the middle of life's storms and go through extended periods of sufferings, worries, and disappointments. We all sometimes feel boxed in by undesirable circumstances. We all sometimes yield to the lies and trickery of the evil one, or finding ourselves in the middle of the wilderness, or in the center of a storm. Sometimes it's those situations that we have no control over, 
whether it's a phone call in the middle of the night, whether it's the ringing of a doorbell when you least expect, or maybe it is something as simple as a letter in the mail that instantly throws us into panic and into darkness, into anxiety and fear and worry. In his book, Robert Morgan describes worry as a small trickle of fear that meanders through the mind, cutting a channel into which all other thoughts flows. Then he went on to say that we are like sheep in the Bible, well-fed, with little to fear. But sometimes we can, bow a bit, we can bolt in sheer panic at nothing more than a rabbit jumping through the grass. That is not a characteristic that the Lord adores or expects in his sheep. His desire is for us to be strong and, and, and fearless and trusting his strength in his presence. And instead of worrying as we pass through those dark valleys, we call on him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When our daughter was going through those storms and long periods of drought in her life, we were all walking through that dark valley with her. We were all reminded who he was, and he was walking just beside us in that valley. We were reminded not to fear evil, and we were reminded who he was and who the comforter is. But all through those cloudy days and dark, cold nights, we felt his warm embrace of comfort and love and the assurance that he will never leave us. That is a God who you can always put your trust in, regardless of what you may be experience in life. Because he will never turn his back on you and he will never give up on you. Now, does it mean that there are times when fear and uncertainty and doubt will not come in or things that we may not experience? No, because it will. After all, how can you not worry when your child is caught up in the storm of life and they think that suicide is the only way to get out of it? How can you not be concerned when your boss calls you in the office, not for a promotion, but to tell you that you're terminated and you have no job anymore? How can you not be worried when the funds are running low and you're worrying how are you going to be able to put food on the table for your family? How can you not be worried or devastated when the, when the news of a loved one comes to you that they are diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease? How can you not be traumatized that the news of your child falling into wrong crowd or company is involved in or has a drug addiction problem or safety is, is a compromise for them. How can you not worry when you're in the desert or in the wilderness or as in the case of the Israelites and all you see ahead of you is the deep wide sea and Pharaoh's army coming after you 
with horses and chariots and spears and swords. How can you not worry? Ask Brandy Bonds, whose husband Patrick has stage four cancer and it's spreading all over his body. Ask Jan and Jim Burns, our former member, whose two-year-old grandson is undergoing treatment for a brain tumor. Ask Jeanette Eldridge, whose sister-in-law is undergoing treatment for breast cancer. Ask Shireen about those dark days and periods of droughts that fuel our anxieties and sometimes our doubts. And she will tell you that, yes, we were scared, but we never failed to accept that God had a place in that situation. And as, a difficulty, as, a, as, a diffic, as difficult as it was, we began to convert our worries into prayers, our, faith, our fears into faith, and our pain into comfort. The same God who took us there brought us out of those dark, lonely valleys. And he not only brought us out, he brought us out better and stronger. And maybe one of the reasons why I'm standing here before you this morning. In the story of the Red Sea, the Israelites followed the fire as cautiously as possible, excited about their liberation and their new independence, full of excitement and anticipation of the future. They followed God's leading. However, God deliberately led them into a place between a charging army and the banks of a Red Sea that was too deep and too wide to cross. He gave them specific instructions. He said, pitch your tent there. No, there. Settle there. Just as I say. Right there in that awkward little place. And if you haven't figured out as yet, God sometimes does the same with us by challenging our faith and occasionally taking us through those dark, lonely valleys. Those feelings of apprehension, fear, worry, and that sense of lost hope as if the world is crumbling right before our eyes and crushing our spirit to the brink of defeat. It is not a matter of if, but when we experience those things, let us not go down in defeat and give the evil one reasons to celebrate. But rather, let us cling to the promise of God and remember that his mercies are great and his love is deep and wide as the sky. When we experience storms in our life, turn to scripture for direction and assurance as Asaph did. Turn to scripture for strength as Jesus did when even in his weakened body while being tempted into the, in the wilderness. Call to God as Jesus did when he was praying in the garden just before his death and as he breathed his last breath on that old rugged cross. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Surrender yourself, your feelings, your worries, your disappointments, your struggles, and everything that is stealing your joy and comfort and preventing you from coming out on the other side of the storm. Surrender them all to the Lord and experience His peace and calm that only He can bring you. And know that the Lord has either put you there, permitted you to be there for motives possibly only known to Him. Only known to Him. You see, we can find ourselves in impossible spots. But don't ever think that we are there by ourselves. Because right there with us is the God who does impossible things. We are there in his will. And he will never put us in where his presence cannot sustain us. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, this morning, lifting you up in worship and praise. And we come before you in the mighty name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father God, we live in a dark and stormy world, and chaos seems to be everywhere. In homes, in our lives, at our jobs, in our schools, in our country and across the world. There are things we have control over and there are things that we don't. But what we know and what we do know for certain is whatever storms or chaos we find ourselves in, you are there, right there with us. Let us be reminded that of your promise and of your love and your comfort. And regardless of the storms we face in life, let us be reminded of who is in control and know that you are and will always be there with us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.